Welcome to Non-Fungible Rebels, a podcast where creators, tech, internet culture, crypto, and marketing meet each other. It's me, Annie Alexander, and in each episode, me and the Rebels will have a real unscripted talk, share genuine opinions, and share raw emotions. Should we start? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Non-Fungible Rebels. Today, I'm going to speak to uh, Mila Lolly. Um, I knew her, I know her since several years already. I met her in real life on one of her amazing meetups uh, of the NFT UK. Mila is the founder of NFT UK, and I think... Um, it's a very interesting and uh, inspiring sort of story of how the whole thing was born. Uh, we'll, we'll go there later on. But maybe in the very beginning, Mila, if you could tell a little bit uh, about what you do in the Web3 space and how you ended up there. Sure. And thank you for having me, by the way. I know we've been trying to get together for a while. <laughs> so yeah, it's apologies been a while, for but being always so slow. Yeah, or is better late than never. <laughs> oh, that's very true. Better, better late than never. Um, so I'm trying to remember how I ended up here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a former colleague of mine that posted something on LinkedIn. I remember that was like, I believe early 2021, and I at that point had finished a. I, I'm a product designer by trade or by skills, I don't know, That's, that was like my professional title. And I was looking to move towards a, a new adventure, do something new with my life. Um, I was a little bit fed up with contracting. I was fed up with always like servicing and serve, like creating mm -hmm. things for others all the time. And sorry, that was my cat. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard, but if you get the weird noises, that's my cat. Um, and so what happened, I saw this post passing by and he he mentioned, oh, I saw this art piece for 1.5 Ethereum. Um, and it was like this kind of like little colorful circle going left and right. And I've never mm. seen this before. I've never seen digital art being sold. Like, how crazy. Yeah. I've, I've known, of course, you can sell. I mean, uh, uh, I'm, previously, you would get someone to pay your pa uh, patron. I believe that's what it's called. And they buy a subscription and they get some freebies from you. Or Patreon, you will sell yeah. Patreon. Yeah. Or you will sell some yeah. prints. Um, or you will sell some digital assets that designers can use. So I've maybe it was me, but I've never stumbled across someone selling just a JPEG out of nowhere. Just like that. So mm. yeah. I was very interested. I was curious. I asked him, well, how, what? tell me more what's going on and he was like yeah i'm on this like foundation we all know maybe foundation it's um it's um an an art platform where artists can mint i'm sure anyone who listens knows it but for those who don't know it's simply an on-chain art platform where you can mint your art and then collectors can buy it and and so and so not gonna go too much in details so yeah. He was like, oh, but it's only invite. You cannot go. Only specific people have invites. If you're an artist that has been invited by someone and you've done a couple of things like minted or sold, then you get some type of invites. So it was very like gated everything that I wanted to it do. Was, I wanted to yeah. just flow into it and, and start from the get go. I was so excited, but it was so hard to get into all these platforms because they were gated and i remember the very first part um people told me go on discord and i used to use discord for gaming because i used to stream um i used to play call of duty that's in another life by the way <laughs> and i used to use discord for gaming and that's when discord was very i well didn't known. know that side of you so new discovery i was a gamer <laughs> yeah so i've always been passionate about games um and i have like a gaming rig and then i started using it for unreal engine and so and so anyway and i go into this discord and there's thousands like me i thought it was <laughs> you know such a like a tiny little niche backdoor in the society somewhere hidden that no one knows it's yeah. very kind of niche secret but it was thousands and thousands of people just trying to grind for this invite and and people like you know the founders of Fa foundation and and the community of 
community leaders of foundation, they love that because their product was thriving a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the more hype you get the, and the scarcity, you know, when, whenever it's so scarce that only very few can go in, then yeah. you're creating this circle, very close circle that no one can get in except very few. So the demand and the need and the desire to be there is like, please let me in. Why am I not special enough? You know, Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. I was, yeah. So I was like in this discord and I thought if, if this guy can make some circles move on the screen, I have like years of experience in design. I can do something really cool and maybe make a, a living out of it. You know, that was my idea. I've never been, and I'm going to be honest, I've never been, um, an artist where I've only practiced art. I've been a person that worked in tech. I've designed products. Um, I've, mm. I've studied computer science. Um, I've cared about the human psychology and behavior, the user behavior experience and so and so. So design per se, it's never been like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and, and pour my soul into an illustration. Um, and then, and just do that. Right. So not to minimize that artists really work hard by the way because that's naturally not the case artists really work hard and and uh, i know i know a lot of them because i tried to be an artist before <laughs> so it's really tough and and so anyway i didn't get in, in that foundation app for a long time i think um sometimes you will get users that um have made it in and they'll have a couple of invite codes and they'll come into the discord and they start looking at who is active who is passionate about what they're doing they'll start looking yeah. at their art so they become effectively the guardians of the the gatekeepers of that platform because they have a say and and yeah so anyway i got in there and i think that's how kind of my initial relationship with the space started as as a curious observer slash wannabe artist and at that time i was playing with unreal engine and i i you know i, I was so in love in in with games like arc survival it's i'm not sure who knows it but it's basically this it's actually what paul world is now you know paul world it's it's like mm -hmm. a pokemon slash um first person you're building your camp then you have to fortify your camp and you have to do all these different missions so it's really fun and that was what arc survival was back then and it was so picturesque like the design and the aesthetics of that game was incredibly beautiful and so therefore i started learning how to do unreal engine because i didn't have much to do to be honest it was covid kind of post-covid but everything was very slow and not many places were very open and um i think also my, in my personal life my personal circles started to change a little bit so mm -hmm. the people that i used to hang out before now my kind of ideology and and interests have shifted away from them it was more like oh what is web3 what what is nfts i want to learn about it and i was closing myself a lot more at home which then caused to create nft uk which we can talk about it in a little bit and yeah so the journey started like that like an artist i was i was releasing immersive worlds some some people may remember them um it was very tough back then because the spaces was going through a bull cycle so yeah. it, why it was tough it was great by the way in one way because obviously your ethereum was up to the roof but on another side it was so crowded that um you couldn't be yeah. heard and you had to be in this like really alpha niche groups like it still happens today in a way but it's a little bit quieter you know um and at that point, it was so difficult to actually sell anything, especially in my kind of format, which was animation and video, immersive videos. And also because, number one, there were no formats and screens that could actually be utilized for this specifically. And I, I don't mean a normal screen of a computer or a normal monitor or a normal TV. Like, that's fine. You can plug in a JPEG and a video there. But I mean... They started to release Infinitive Object and all these other ones. So I was a little bit early in my in my days. I was a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of the technology that wasn't available. And people couldn't freely explore my worlds um, just because 
everything is web browser based and doesn't yeah just cannot support this kind of heavy rendering and anyway it was costly for someone like me to just run a server um i spoke into actually epic games to improbable a bunch of people like are you guys gonna build anything like what actually epic game has done years later with um fortnite um what was it called now the fort the fortnite that you can build anybody can build on i forgot the name but that's so I was ahead of the curve and I was struggling and but nonetheless I did a couple of sales some of my artworks were bought some of the collectors I'm still in touch with some of them are friends of mine at this point um but yeah. it was I remember fun. those pieces they were very impressive and I yeah. mean it's 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 uh even even on those screens that were available it, it really looked great and later on like you know you, ha you had big screens as well for the whales and stuff so yeah, I met yeah, the right I people mean, it's, later it's, on, thankfully. But yeah. <laughs> um, these kind of artworks, they I didn't know what I was creating. And in terms of I didn't know what will be the right output for them because every the, like the NFT community was on Twitter per se. So it was there and everybody was there. So when I share these kind of beautiful, immersive videos, they just don't... The, social that platform doesn't do it justice yeah because they uh, see it like really small on the timeline when yeah, scrolling this kind the of mobile right so it's it's not the same yeah no definitely. and you know what it is so interesting to me now that i've grown up much more as a person i kind of stepped away from being the artist and i'm a little bit more of an enabler and founder now and i remember conversations with some collectors that were spending thousands and thousands or lots of ethereum on like some jpegs that they liked um, which I personally, of course, happy for the artist, but I personally didn't find anything like so extraordinarily amazing. And I would ask them for advice and I'll be like, hey, what do you think? You know, at some point there was this shilling period of time where we would just go and like harass yeah. all these people. <laughs> it was shamelessly. And um, this guy was like, oh, um, I mean, I'm sorry. It's a nice video, but I don't know what to do with it. And to be honest with the price that you're asking, and I think I was asking for two Ethereum or something like this, just because I've really put a lot of effort and yeah, I don't want to measure effort um, and quality and all this kind of stuff. I don't want to measure that necessarily because now it's going to change everything with AI. So we cannot even discuss yeah. this anymore. But he would be like, I, I don't want to buy it because with two Ethereum, I'm going to feed another 10 artists. I was like, that's fair. So it mm. feels like we're at the market, like, street market here <laughs> yeah i remember those times like you know uh the whole shilling thing artists jumping from one twitter space to another twitter space talking about their art and kind of uh it was tiring because i i had oh. these conversations with artists because you know they are not marketers they they don't really like self-promotion they are not sort of business oriented and specifically like salespeople, and uh and what their struggle was like, you know, I'm spending so much time promoting what I've created that I don't have time left to create more. And all I want to do is create, right? So there was this thing and collectors were saying that, yeah, but we really want to know who created this thing. We want to know more about the artist. So there was always this kind of, you know, balancing act between how much time you spend on creating stuff how much time you create you spend on engaging with the communities on twitter how much time you spend on promoting your art and oh, yeah. and and as you said because it's not it was noisy it was you know hard to be noticed it as was well, so depressing yeah yeah like, i remember those I, times um what i was gonna say so first of all the collectors in the space they're not mature individuals that know art whatsoever there were some people That's who true. had some ethereum in their wallet and now they decided to dictate how the space should run and that's the thing i wasn't happy about a lot of the times they were and you've seen it you've seen it you've seen uh three uh, what was it called 888 crypto 888 oh oh yeah yeah everybody yeah. making yeah, I, these so like artworks saying with he's back actually he's his he twitter account be. is I'm back or blocked. something like you know i don't know anyway yeah yeah there was this um yeah for for contracts there was this guy uh who was, there was another um, one uh so yes crypto yeah there were like three few big collectors who were kind of um considered very powerful and they were kind of yeah dictating uh standards and like who is the artist to watch and uh, and all that stuff which was very 
centralized in some sense, right? It was so against the whole thing because I think like, you know, the whole thing was created to get rid of the middleman and get rid of the people who would say if you're good or not so you could directly speak to the audience so they decide if if your art is good enough and resonates with them. But then you ended up with these big collectors kind of somehow emerging from nowhere and uh, and making those dialogues and kind of um, enforcing their uh, opinions Good somehow, point, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's so exactly true. And I remember that um, what I was gonna say something like something that. Hold on a second. I can't remember. I was gonna say something cool. <laughs> so these. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you mentioned that collectors came here and started to maneuver the space. That's very true. But also remember that just because it's a brand new space doesn't mean the rules are applying. Like what it actually means is there's new opportunities to start fresh and be an influencer again. So yeah. the whole like space became run by five or six loud voices that are influencers that knew how to maneuver the space that knew how to uh, you know get attention from from the artists specifically because the space was heavily run by artists very initially and then that's when you started to see these like low effort pfps just because you know a bunch of board ape yacht club whatever they sold for a lot and they had a lot of success and that's when a lot of the people were Oh, well, if they've done it, I'm going to do a copycat project and I'm going to try and make money and I'm going to tell I'm going to tell everybody that I'm an artist and then exploit the community. So the space wasn't mature enough. It was so toxic in a way that I wanted to step away for for some time. And mm -hmm. I started to be I I started to be bullied on on online. I was bullied by this guy who was middle-aged man with two kids at home bullying these young girls online because he didn't agree with them and he thought he was this big critic on on art generally <laughs> and that's a person that is based in london and that's before i even made nft uk and i remember i had ptsd because of that i was like imagine me at my age feeling this way imagine someone that is like growing as yeah. a teenager and and having to encounter this kind of cyberbullying. Yeah. And I was like yeah, banned I... from group and kicked out and called names. And that's because I just had an opinion over a specific type of art. And I was like, I don't find that doesn't drive me. That's not my thing. And sorry. And and so I was like really, really bullied. And that's 2021, by the way. Um, and because so there was like this curve of the space kind of slowly becoming this atomic bomb of a restless, in, like, vibration of toxicity at some point it became toxic yeah. and that's when the yeah. entire world learned about nfts being a bad thing because how how many thousands of pfp projects were born a day how many people were exploited how many artists were forgotten you know or yeah. undervalued and and so and so and rather than being a good thing that we came here for it became something incredibly toxic and lonely and fearful yeah. to be in it and it was a very good thing in the very beginning i remember like you know um i was drawn to the space because um all those twitter spaces were like fresh air they were so positive yeah. artists were encouraging each other it was nice discussions not centered and focused on price uh but more on, on art and um and it was very, very nice to be part of all that. And and yes, the dynamic started shifting after a little bit, sort of, you know, when you ended up with these uh, changes with the collectors, with some artists actually selling for big money, kind of the ego thing coming in between. And then yeah. the PFPs, which brought in the DeFi Dungeons, which was a completely different crowd with completely different mindset, right? So yes. uh, so yeah, in the beginning, everything started really, really nice. And then we, some, we had a pivot and we had sort of, you know, a paradigm shift and completely new players coming in and changing the whole vibe overall. Yeah, right? exactly. So, yeah. so because in that situation, I, I think I was coming out of this. And as you said, the beginning was flowers. It was beautiful. It smelled great. Yeah. And it was good vibes. And people were helping each other. And I made so many amazing friends at the very beginning. 
and I still keep in touch with them. That's like, what, three years now? And yeah. now I'm looking back or looking at what they do now. They're not even anymore in the space because they got absolutely pushed away. There was no hope and reason for them. Yeah, they yeah. just had what they came here initially for wasn't actually what resulted for them to to yeah. want to stay. Um, yeah. So anyway, I don't want it. This sounds a bit negative, but in reality, it turned out to be a great thing because I then built NFT UK because I needed something that was more my circle or something that was more human to human kind of relationship rather than yeah. where this PFP anonymous avatars. I was anonymous at the very beginning, I think. Um, I can't remember. I, I think I had a that it was fashionable to be anonymous. Otherwise, like you're not in, you're not a cool thing, right? Yeah, so if you, yeah, that's true. Um, and very, very few people remain to be anonymous now in 2024. If you think about it, all these three years, they went through this. It's almost like a teenage life. Then you grow, you get a job, <laughs> you become serious. And that's the same thing. You, yeah, it's, you it's like anonymous. The, <laughs> it was this wave of rebranding, right? Like, Rebellion. you know, NFT God and everyone else. Like, no, I'm not an NFT God anymore. I'm Alex and this is my exactly, face. Exactly. Yes. Branding. I'm a human being and all that stuff. Yeah, I totally get. I mean, that was this. Uh, I think that's you mentioned a word which is very important, like fashionable and kind of trendy. Trendy, right so uh, as soon as something stops being trendy and something else replaces it then everyone follows this new trend right so like you know before it was this anonymity and cartoon avatars and being cool part of like some kind of uh, community or some kind mm -hmm. of pfp and sort of you know positioning yourself as being part of that and then you know now it's more trendy being more human more authentic and more open and now everyone is doing that if some Someone comes up with something different at one point i'm sure everyone will start sort of flowing towards that so uh yeah it's um there are these trends and there are these people big big crowds that just follow the trends uh for some reason and i don't really like that yeah i mean in a way i think the reason why we were all like following like let's say changing the pfps is because if you remember when you go and buy a P one of the nfts and be part of a community let's say uh cool cats just picking up one right and so they're yeah. currently launching they want to create hype so what they ask is oh if you change your pfp right now for the next 24 hours you're gonna get xyz so they trick their community mm. to then all change their pfps so they they yeah. can all represent this brand in this community and attract even more and make more sales and i didn't get that at the beginning i was like oh this is so cool oh my god look at this cat whatever <laughs> I'm this cat. I feel like I. That's who I am now. I I'm represented by this JPEG, and this is the definition of me. This is my identity now in this space. You know. Yeah. I lost that along the way. I lost. I changed my mind. I lost that. I'm. Um. I sold some NFTs that I thought I would never ever sell. Because I didn't think that was what was valuable or promised to me before. So. Anyway, we, um, I had a moment of, as I mentioned, I was bullied and then I took a step back and I was like, I, I'm kind of losing my friends in my social life, my normal social life. I'm losing them because I firstly don't find them as fun anymore yeah. or as, as entertaining anymore. Um, or n not in that way, like they're still fun, but it's like, we're kind of drifting apart because of different interests. And, yeah. and now the space that I am in looks really toxic to me because I was bullied and, and I'm like, if I'm not in this alpha groups, I'm never going to sell. If I'm not kissing ass to some collectors, I'm never going to sell. Um, I don't have any other interest at the moment or i'm not building a product um i'm not earning anything what am i gonna do in my life you know i had to yeah. have these questions and it started to become a very not sustainable way of living life where you're just waking up in the morning creating art okay then what who's gonna pay your bills yeah if i'm not gonna be there to go and scam people and create a pfp project and take all the liquidity and run away you know, yeah. I'm not yeah. this kind of person. I don't like it. I I would rather 
go and be a waitress and doing that because I don't want to go to sleep with this heavy having yeah. heart on, on myself. I don't like it. I've seen founders who've done it uh, also accidentally, by the way, they wrecked projects accidentally because that was their first time. They were young and I'm not justifying it, but I've seen that. So yeah. either way, took a step back and I thought, what what is going to be my next step here? Um, and I remember trying to connect with people IRL, but as because we were all so anonymous, nobody knew who was in London or who was in the UK. And specifically at that point, the US very early on was leading the curve because everybody was so yeah. loud. A lot of things were happening IRL there. And um, I think uh, there was one moment I, I had this, like, I'm not, a, I don't suffer depression per se, but I had like a really low time and I was like, um, you know, I just quit a job that I was actually well paid. I was a contractor. Um, I was very well paid. And then I quit that and I wanted to pursue this other thing. But then I realized that wasn't meant to be like, I wasn't mature enough to just drop in and be, oh, I'm successful now. You know, I'm making mm. thousands and thousands, thousands and thousands. And also the lack of like having actual trust and, and re reality reliable groups in the space made me feel very lonely so i kind of like was going in through this low moment and then my partner was and like probably the bullying as well right like yeah that, that was that it. additional yeah i mean impact I with no support them. yeah <laughs> with no I support groups um next to to you to yeah i mean it's um yeah and I know what you mean because I've seen it. Like, I've, I mean, I haven't experienced it firsthand, mm. but I, I've seen like stuff like that happening in, in the space. And and it's funny you say that because in most cases, it is it is like a middle-aged man, uh, like a mature Frustrated uh, man. man usually <laughs> doing that. Girls. Which, is, which is very, uh, yeah, very unexpected. Like you wouldn't really expect someone like at that age or at that status kind of getting into that kind of stuff, right? Because it, it just doesn't so make sense. Yeah. Like it's so hard to explain it logically. Mm. Why would someone go there and why would someone sort of, you know, care enough about that stuff to to put so much time and effort and so much toxicity into that so so to me it really yeah didn't make sense at all and unfortunately we still have similar people in the space unfortunately like that is something that it hasn't been gone and it, it periodically happens in different mm. places and you can hear it even like you know with with the voice the version of it in twitter spaces as well it's it's quite public it's very uncomfortable uh and uh, and yeah so i can imagine like you know all these layers that you just you know explained in terms of where in your stage of life you were plus that whole bullying thing yeah, yeah. i can imagine where you were at yeah I mean, I'm I'm an incredibly happy person, by the way. Like, I'm always so energetic, and it's very, very rare that I go into this like dark, low, lonely place. It's very hard, and mm. and I think everything put together kind of like pushed me on the side. And I was like, I remember laying in bed that one day. It was like a whole day just me laying there, just being like, I am stuck. I don't know what to do with my life. Like, I've no idea. I don't know any, I don't know. I don't matter. You know, all these kind of things. Yeah. And then my partner comes from work. He still sees me like just lazing around like this, you know, <laughs> insignificant somebody. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, um, just don't want to do anything. I'm depressed. And again, I'm not like suffering depression. I just feel depressed. And, and he's telling me, all right, get your ass up, move, move around, do something. Uh, let's go get some food and going to think about a solution. Because as I said to you, my art wasn't really going much. I was doing all these very heavily intense worlds that later on we saw them on the big, big screen and everybody was like, yeah. wow, that's insane. But it wasn't appreciated. And also artists were like, oh, it's so beautiful. But at the same time, others were like, just it's not the thing that people like. I, I don't know why you're forcing it onto people. It's like, I'm not forcing it. I'm just doing it because I enjoy it. Um, yeah, so that, that's the thing, right? You're not, 
yeah i mean it's it's that's the thing like many people look at it as a business and they kind of you know they see the trends they see what people like and they create sort of commercialized art just specifically for that reason because they know it's going to sell better because that's what people like but then i don't think true artists actually can do that because you just create whatever comes out and you know if if what people like what's trendy and what's selling is not your thing then you're basically betraying yourself by by going there right so to me like i totally get that it's like you're you know, becoming you, a niche <laughs> how, yeah how do you do that like how do you actually force yourself to create something that is not actually something you're which yeah. is yours you know <laughs> exactly and um so I guess the next step was that, um, you know, as, as I mentioned, I stepped away, had this like low moment and then, and then I was like, I have to do something about it. Like, or I go back to contracting, I get back in tech and I'm building products for others, or I continue to pursue this that I'm also enjoying in a way. It's like the, the bullying part was just a small part of it. I was actually enjoying the space. Um, yeah. and there was so much hope for it and still is obviously things have changed and developed and. I posted something on Twitter. I think it was, yeah, one random day, maybe it was a Tuesday. I can't remember 25th or 26th of October, 2021. And I'm like, who wants to be part of an IRL group and yeah. message below. And that's when it went so viral. It went so yeah, viral. I remember I saw it on my timeline. <laughs> yeah, I saw it in my timeline. And and I think um, I don't remember what was the call to action where we like, just you know, comment uh, below and we'll add you okay. to a group. And I had no idea where the group will be. I just was not physically, mentally prepared for what was coming. And I feel like <laughs> that kind of depression and low moment was kind of telling me, girl, take a break now, because it's going to be so hard for you later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that also kind of helped you get out of it, I presume. Oh, yeah. Right? I've, 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 re I've, re I was reborn. I was, I had the purpose. I had the mission. I understood what I wanted to do everything was aligning the stars were aligning and and then it became really intense there as well because i was like i'm just a small person that always i've always been behind the computer i'm not like a, a people facing person and like yeah. what am i gonna do now because now i'm like becoming at the center of this and there's so many people who need to talk to me because they need something and they want to be part of this and it's yeah. a good thing at the same time i don't know how to manage it so i need to grow i need to learn i need to do all this self you know journey towards being a better yeah. version of that right the version that i never knew how to be and so I guess in six hours, we had 1200 people in a discord. People told me everybody's in discord and I knew it because I've been in some of these discords, right? So everybody's there, put people in discord. Um, initially, we tried to do a kind of secluded group on Twitter, which was the only allowance was 70 people or 70 accounts per group. And then mm -hmm. I didn't even imagine we're going to need more because everybody was people from all over the world were talking friends in the UK or anybody that they knew. They just wanted this to happen so bad. That was like such a common interest yeah. and desire because people were so fed up and secretly suffering like I was and nobody was standing up for it. Nobody knew how to do it. Yeah. Um, and I guess my tweet was literally in the right time, the right moment when everybody needed that. Yeah, and, I think that was the thing. Everybody needed yeah. that, but we didn't realize that it was just like I personally thought so like maybe it's just me, right? Like, just it's me. like how many people like me are gonna be there wanting to do this, right? So I think that was part of it. Like no one really maybe thought that there are tons of people just like you know them sitting mm -hmm. there and waiting for for yeah for this to happen. I guess. It's so true. And so what really happened is that we had this like screaming out of excitement people in Discord and they're like, well, what's happening? When is the next? I'm dying to meet human beings again because we were so stuck online 24 seven. There was the whole whack me mentality. There was the whole like if you sleep, you what was it? If you sleep, you lose or something because um, some of yeah. the like big projects that became successful were released while was our nighttime. So we, yeah, were, we missed on a mint and so we, and so and so anyway, so that was <laughs> such a funny time, but okay. So then the first thing was like, what am I going to do? 
people now are seeing me as a leader and I didn't know what to do with it. I had no idea how to take that in. Requests were falling from all sides of my social medias, all my DMs. I had to. I think because them. they thought you did have a plan, you know. I I think that was the like. I didn't. I was like, who wants to meet? Then what's next? I have no idea. Let's. Yeah, yeah, I know. But like that tweet, it felt like you you knew what was gonna happen next. So you dropped the tweet, and everyone was like, oh yeah, okay, sure, I yeah. mean, So what's happening? <laughs> well, eventually we figured it out. Like it went amazing. You were there, right, on the first yeah. meetup when um I I. I remember having this friend of mine who runs bars and restaurants in the in London and I was like please save me give me a space somewhere to put like 60 people that's what I thought I'm gonna bring on a table 60 people yeah it was there was no table by the way and then after he gave me this like VIP room they have usually reserved for like special occasions in Bari or in Shoreditch and I was like, okay, can I have it, please, for the evening? And he's like, yeah, take it. Usually we charge because, you know, this the, the hardest part for me has been for many years to find places that will give us the space for free rather yeah. than charging us, like, thousands and thousands of pounds for, like, yeah. three, four hours. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, also because we bring so much, like, people consume. People consume. People make them so many, so much money there as yeah. we go. Everybody's drinking heavily, eating heavily. Like there's a lot of money to be made for these restaurants and bars. Sure. And people yeah. sort short-sighted. They don't see it. They don't get it. And they're asking for like huge deposits and so. So anyway, that was one of the struggles that I had to find in one week time. I had to find a place to meet and we were far too many. And 60 for me was a big number. I was like, mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be five, ten. Who knows? Yeah. Nobody's in the UK, anybody. Like this is this is such a small niche place um like yeah. web 3 generally um so then he gave me the space we went there and 360 people showed up and the space was not enough for people so we took over the entire bar the entire garden we moved the there was i think deliveroo was uh, their team was having a night a team night together we literally like squashed them <laughs> on the corner <laughs> And we're like, and if you go, and if you guys coming here, so you guys move aside. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it was so fun. Um, and the thing is, I also didn't know what to do with the fact that I was a female, and there was all this concern about blockchain and crypto is very heavily bro culture. I yeah. didn't even it didn't even cross my mind at that point. And I remember there were a bunch of girls on Discord saying, artists, female artists saying. Oh, I don't know if I want to come there. Usually these kind of events are always heavy, like bro heavy. The attitude is wrong. I, I don't feel comfortable. I was like, well, you come there because I need somebody to come next to me because I'm going to be the one dealing with them. So please. And yeah. I remember initially, but yeah. Did, did you have that though? Like I, I never had I never that had vibe that, no. in, on your events. So I, I don't, no. I mean, I I don't think it ever happened, right? No, I think the girl was basically saying generally from her experience, this is how it is. And she doesn't feel comfortable. And because she saw I was a girl, uh, she's like, um, maybe I'll come there because you're a female and it's not going to be only me. Because it has happened to me to be in events where yeah. I'm only the only female, right? Yeah. And yeah. I don't I particularly have issues with that. I'm... I grew up in tech, like always with the bros hanging out. I've never had issues being around men generally, um, or personally, I've never been disrespected in a way that many women have experienced. So I do sympathize with them. But yeah, so initially the room filled up. I remember the very first instance I arrived there and there were David Gersh, if you remember him. Yeah, he arrives yeah, with, with Sean. And Swolf Chan, like these are these are my friends now. They're my close good friends. And they arrived there and not know I didn't know who they were. And they're like all like, you know, so excited to meet others. And and the room started to fill with yeah. just guys at some point. I was like, oh my God, what's gonna happen? And then the ladies started to come later, because you know, we're fashionably late, whatever. <laughs> and it was such a 50-50 kind of crowd. It was so delightful. And from there I will I understood my mission in the space. I was like, now I have to decide whether I want to be an artist or run NFT UK as a founder. 
And that's yeah. when it was so tricky because I tried to keep up. I tried to keep up being an artist for a little bit longer. Yeah. And it 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 was impossible. NFT UK would overshadow me completely. And it was so hard for me to promote myself as an artist because I couldn't use NFT UK as a platform for myself. Yeah. You know the rules? Like if you it's kind of it's kind of almost like a nepotism, right? If you build a platform in your which is meant to empower the culture, but then you shield yourself, then it doesn't add. It does it doesn't work, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I would basically promote everybody else, help everybody sell, help uh, everybody meet collectors and and founders meet user and everything and everything. But I was I was left behind as a founder. I couldn't be the artist as well. It's like completely two different separate lives. So I had to ditch art for now and focus fully on NFT UK because I think that was much more rewarding for me than just I can still create art. I don't need to shield it to anyone at this point because I learned to that was my fun activity anyway and I realized do I want to be an artist and grow in the world as an artist and I know how hard it is and I know how frustration is going to be and I have the power to unlock so many doors to myself but that will be NFTUK doing it for me it's so crazy it's like inception yeah no no i i totally get what what you mean and and i know that you've been very cautious uh about sort of you know not taking advantage of you know of of your connections and of mm-hmm. kind of you know uh making nft uk become something that it it's not supposed to become and you're very protective of the community as well because i i remember like you know that there have been talks about monetization people sponsoring the event you know things that might have sort of you know impacted the community's sentiment around it mm-hmm. and i think you know um i can you know as part of the community myself i can tell that that whole idea that it's pure and it's genuine and you know it outside kind of you know brands don't have this possibility to come and take advantage of us because we're kind yeah. of safe and protected that's very important um you know and and you've 100%. done it so well you know thank you and i remember my first ever meeting with um i, I can't remember the brand or whoever it was well and if uk exploded at some point and now like it exploded it went really high up and now it's kind of growing again organically though it's not it doesn't need to explode anymore because we're known at this point you know we became yeah. a brand and a community but at the beginning it was purely just community a bunch of people just meeting and now we're a brand and that brand is valuable to a lot of other brands and a lot of other founders in 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 the kind of ecosystem that we are but i remember my very first meeting with a brand that just wanted to take advantage of people man that was so shitty and i was there and thankfully i met omri who came with me because he's a lawyer and he's so like he deals with this kind of sharks on a daily basis uh, because of his work, you know, and I was never, I never needed to deal with someone that would press so hard and, and literally go there and try and take advantage of something. I didn't need to because my work has been tech, you know, we're building something useful that people need or may may need because sometimes they don't need it. <laughs> but, and that meeting was so disastrous. Like they, I remember they just wanted to somehow they wanted me to grant them power and access to this major network that we've built and they wanted to use it for themselves to grow of course yeah and I that mean, made no sense right? it was like yeah. why would we build this so you can use it like get the fuck out of here you're not like there's no add value that you're giving me for for you to come and tap into this community like there's nothing you're not giving money or for the community fund you're not elevating the brand whatsoever you're just offering some volunteering bunch of activities that is going to be self-serving you only because then people are going to look up to you as someone important that Mm -hmm. doesn't that doesn't work and then it, I was very shy at the very beginning in these kind of meetings. And then with time, 
with time I grew and I became a badass bitch because I had to. There was no other way. There was so it was just harassing at some point. I had people harassing me for 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 me to give them access, for me to empower their brand. And that was on the bull market. And that's what I'm afraid now when the bull market comes there, because it's it was like people knocking on every door possible. Um and it was tiring and, and also consuming. And I remember at during the bull market when we had the meetup for 500 people. That's like, imagine yeah. some of the big conferences probably have 2000 people in two, yeah. three days. We yeah. have a meetup, just the meetup for 500 people that just show up. And, uh, and I couldn't have a break, man. I, I was like, I'm doing this for you guys. Go and have fun. Go and play in the playground. I'm just going to put you here. Enjoy yourselves. But there were times, I swear, it was so tiring. I wanted to, there were times I wanted to leave. I wanted to drop it. I was like, I, why am I doing this to myself? Like, people are just yeah. so, and there were certain, like, individuals that, um, you know, I respect and love the community as a whole, but there were individuals that would come there tirelessly, just run after me every event and try and get me to, bring user base to their platforms or i will remember i i wanted to there was this time um i wanted to kind of grab a sandwich and eat and i went to hide myself away in the corner and they found me they found me in like behind the building they found me and i was like eating this falafel i remember (laughs) and they were like hey by the way we've got this like new uh metaverse gallery can you please bring some people there and i was just there like i I felt so miserable yeah i i think it's it's just um the problem is that you know it's it's the same in life as well right Mm -hmm. one one uh way uh streets never work or whenever they work it's just temporary right it's 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 always kind of the problem with this type of brands and and people in general is that they are very focused on what they want from you but they never actually think about okay but what what value can i bring like you know yeah. okay you know i, I want to take this but like what can i offer in return or like you know how do we make this sort of you know a really genuine relationship versus just me predatory coming and kind of you know uh using uh someone else's community right so um and usually if you need it that desperately it means that you you yourself can't build your own community which already is a red flag for me it's like Mm. okay you know uh, why is that maybe there is a reason behind it right so um so yeah i totally get what you're saying and and to be honest 100 percent looking back at um some of the tricky moments and again i want to just mention this I've had the best time with NFT UK and I continue having the best time. And all I'm looking forward is to just grow the shit out of it. Like I just want, this is my biggest passion ever. And it will become bigger and bigger with time. In fact, that now, if you look at the community, the way it is now is so different than when it was 2021. But yeah. throughout these three years, I've had some really tricky moments. And, and that's because of the brands, some of these brands coming across or founders who don't understand common sense and they just want yeah. to monetize. They there's nothing else that is there for people really. And hence why when you say that's a red flag for you, it's because they don't know how to build a community. Um, and and I always say, if you want to build a community, just come to something like NFT UK and start crafting the relationships and then yeah. small steps by steps. And then people are going to be attracted to you if, if it's useful what you're doing. If it, you know, people are not if stupid. I, mean, I, yeah. I like to think people are not stupid and they, you know, they understand what is valuable to them and what is not beyond the hype. Right. I like to think that. So, yeah. And I've seen it. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think that the other thing which is good is that, um you know we always see people who are just coming to the space on your yeah. on your events you know uh, and and i think that's the best place to start because you know it's um sometimes you may end up in a twitter space or you know some other communities where you want you will be overwhelmed and you won't feel so welcome uh, and I think that's very important, like the first impression when people are curious, when they have no idea what's going on, what where they are coming to, 
to have those people who actually will kind of, you know, lead you through the way, like be welcoming and explain things the way they are versus just, you know, looking at you as, oh, you know, a potential user just came, let's just see how much we can get out of them, right? So I think that's, um, that is another thing that we always have new people and always these people, you know, uh, in most cases, they come back again, right? So, um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's again, as I mentioned, common sense. If if you make someone feel welcoming, and if it's a friendly environment, and there's quite interesting conversations and people to meet and people to discuss with future plans or current plans or whatever, then you are more prompt to come back again. And this is what happens all the time. Like we have some individuals, of, and and of course you have some individuals that are really really shy and they don't know how to. I've seen people sitting on a table on their own looking like this. This is so cute. Mm. I'm just going to them like, please let me introduce you to someone. <laughs> please, yeah. please come here. Come here. Let me let me bring you to a bunch of people and then just throw them in a circle. And, and then they become friendly. And then it's kind of like this blossoming flower that is opening slowly. This, it's so beautiful. Yeah. This is what I love. It's the genuinity of the community that we have. And if, effectively, if you see someone that is not genuine, they're not going to stick around for very long because people are going to avoid them. It's yeah. we're talking about human beings here. We're not like I'm not yeah. I'm not maneuvering anybody, you know. So so yeah, effectively now after three years, and if UK is um, there's a lot of other things I can say, uh, things that I've encountered throughout the journey. At the beginning, we would take part of some of these like conference events. Uh, we still do, but that's very much more selective and more, more curated kind of relationship yeah. now. Um, but before we would do all these kind of random collaborations here and there, slap our branding there for exposure, very stupid things I've done in the past. I, I regret some of the collaborations I've done, to be honest. But then again, that was part of my own inner growth. I wasn't ready to be a leader anywhere and and I had to. So. I've also done like wrong kind of collaborations, but I've done some amazing collaborations, like the ones we did with Flannels W1. We're now returning second year with Paris Blockchain Week. Um, we are great friends with Met Amsterdam. Um, we've done loads of like cool international collaborations and we have here within our like circles here, This we also have ex established some really great partnerships. So, yeah, so um I'm not I'm not happy to if you think of a big conference right now, what do they really need is people. People and brand alignment. What they need for them to grow and be able to sell tickets. That's yeah. what works, right? That's the kind of game. And I'm now very much more careful how I align our brand because if I say NFT UK is now partner with this other brand, then it means that my community will feel compelled to buy their tickets and potentially travel with us to their country or their conference. And I'm always very careful now because at this point, we don't need the exposure as much as we needed it two years yeah. ago or last year even. Right. Yeah. We can really walk on our own two feet. We can stand. We can just do whatever we want to do. We don't need these people. And I remember recently someone came to me and said, um, hey, how about you become our community partner and media partner? Really random request, by the way. And <laughs> um, and ex in exchange, we give you exposure. I was like, mate, this is your very first fucking conference. You're giving exposure <laughs> to NFT UK. Like, please sit down. <laughs> we don't yeah. need exposure from you. It's more what you need is us to come and buy tickets. So bring, then, or bring promote user, you. Yeah, you know? bring people over. Yeah. No, so no, I get that. This attitude of like, oh, I'm so, and I encounter this all the time. Oh my God, I encounter it all the time. I even go in London, in like in the city, and and we meet with a bunch of other people who have this like entitled attitude of like, I'm just gonna give you this big like chunk piece of exposure um, and I look at them like nobody knows you what exposure are you bringing me yeah no it's, Tell it's, me it's now. a delusional <laughs> thing yeah I mean um we're reaching out towards the yeah. hour so I think um you know uh we we have spoken on a panel about communities and sort of you know I think by now like my audience already knows that communities 
are the ones that make or break projects and brands and founders. 100%. And, you know, that that's where kind of the, the magic happens. And I think no matter how everyone talks about communities, very few actually know how to build genuine, real communities that are going to strive long term and that are going to mm -hmm. be kind of, you know, next to you in the right way, um, no matter what happens uh, along the way, right? Like, you know, I, I'm sure, like you mentioned, you made a few mistakes or kind of, you know, you are uh, regretting about some collaborations, but because the community is genuine, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm absolutely certain that no one actually sort of, you know, made you sort of... Uh, uh, you know, um, kind of uh, feel accountable or guilty about it or or sort of, you know, um, uh, had that kind of a negative um, attitude towards um, mistakes or any, any of that because it's the right community and with mm. the right mindset. So I guess the million dollar question now is like, you know, since you've, you've done it and you know how to do it, um, what's the best way to approach it so when when i'm sure the bull market is coming so eventually loads of people will be initiating new projects in there all of them will be looking for uh, ways to build uh, real communities uh where do they start like how do you do that i mean yeah it is a million dollar question because <laughs> it really varies what your goal is in the space if you're building a project that is in that is driven by financial models only, then you're gonna be tapping into more of the degen type of traders type of community. Yeah. Um, then I guess utilizing social media is very limiting at some uh, at the very beginning when you're starting and you're creating a brand new account. So you need people pushing, uh, directing users or let's say actually audience because then the audience may turn to be a community member eventually yeah. the audience we know the difference right yeah when you're doing all your marketing efforts and then uh not everybody translates into a user or not everybody becomes a community member so but the way i would say is if you don't know where to start honestly go to some irl events and start talking and talk to the organizers because for example nft uk does a lot of show and tell events we do we do meetups we do some bigger events so, so there's always kind of room and opportunity to present and showcase and talk about something um it depending on the circumstances yeah nft uk may not be the right choice for someone that is trying to sell tokens and coins we don't really go with that sorry sorry guys we don't we don't want to sell your tokens <laughs> at our event, yeah. but you can go for other kind of events that really are happy to do that anyway. Um, so I would say start from there and slowly start gathering, put people somewhere that they feel comfortable to talk about things like a Discord or Telegram group. A lot of the time is quite more, I think Telegram is becoming more famous for communities now and just be regular and consistent with, with your goals and your missions um like we are we like with nft uk we basically announce weekly what we want to do we then do monthly events we keep up if we can stick to our words we will if, if we cannot we obviously announce it so consistency of communication is very important yeah um determination and mission also is very important and to be to be frank people want to be part of your journey they want to be from the get-go in the very beginning so they want to know what you're up to so kind of like yeah. informing them, involving them. I, I'm a big advocate of IRL events because I think that's where actually the biggest connections happen rather than sitting on a Twitter space with someone. And I know it's not always possible if you have a project that is worldwide rather than location-based, I would still advise, and independently of how much you've made, I would still advise that at least you create different small mini hubs of IRL that will then be feeding people yeah and getting people together yeah no i think irl events kind of you know build trust faster because there is so much that is missing when you're just hearing someone's voice or kind of looking mm -hmm. at their uh, cartoon avatar 
and their tweets uh, because no matter how genuine we are on social media, we still kind of, there is some part that is missing. You can't really get that until you, you meet someone in person and look in their eyes and kind of, you know, engage with them and see mm. them in different situations, right? And and how they behave with others as well, etc. So I think kind of, you know, it's, it's so much harder to fake things in real life when you meet people, especially if, you know, if, if you are a people person and can read people well, then kind of, you know, the chances are, are, are very low for sure. So, <laughs> so yeah. I totally get that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, again, like, you know, I'm, I'm a very, um, yeah, I'm trying not to miss many meetups of the monthly gatherings because it's, it's a really nice experience and it's, it's one of those, places where again like you know you don't have that kind of focusing on on money aspect stuff you don't talk about prices you're not talking about tokens it's more about more meaningful stuff Mm. And, and it kind of you know those are the times when people get reminded of why they ended up in the space which is sometimes like you know everything is so noisy everything is moving so fast that sometimes we end up in this whole kind of you know uh pace fast pace and we forget like what even brought us here like why are we here why we love this space right so and those kind of you know monthly meetups make you first of all meet amazing people and second kind of get that vibe back and and sort of you know the thing that we lost on twitter spaces back in the days when it was just starting i think Mm -hmm. that vibe has stayed and that is very important because we need those bright sides we need those human things um in order not to end up with this whole kind of token trading money um the toxic behavior of different bullies and all that stuff just to see that parallel to this there is something else as well which is very important yeah uh, one last thing i wanted i know we are over the time but um the one thing that i'm really in love uh with the community is that you can go to one of our events and you have some of like tier one top 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 of the top people that will come there and hang out with some of the very beginners that are coming in the space and just be so chill about it and there is no attitude there's no hierarchy of who is more important everybody's human and everybody's having a drink and everybody's chatting and that's what i'm love i'm loving this and that's why as i said the very beginning i'm gonna do everything in my power to grow this as much as i can because that's what's valuable to me is the people is the stories is seeing the growth of the people that meet each other collaborate i've seen so many success stories through this being at the forefront i've seen it i've seen people selling their artworks meeting their collectors becoming friends meeting their business partner falling in love there was like there were so many situations where people were in love because of these meetups so it's so magical and it's incredibly rewarding space to be building in um and last very lastly we stayed away from any memberships and any tokens and thank god thank god i've done that when i was i was having the itch to release a membership last year and my advisors and people that i trust told me don't do it don't do it because you're gonna regret it you're gonna be in trouble um they gave me a lot of reasons why not to and there was like this inner need to just go and drop this like membership because i need to everybody's doing it and they're like just because everybody does it doesn't mean it's okay it doesn't work for you wait wait until you mature and then you're gonna figure out ways to do it and yeah i wanted to say it's not excluded from the list but for now i'm so glad i didn't release any token didn't really yeah any no the, the token thing you know i always keep saying like no token no cry so unless you absolutely have to do it like i'm always kind yes. of advising not to <laughs> exactly. unless it's completely unavoidable or totally makes sense because yeah that i mean 
the moment you release a token, the token becomes a product by itself, a separate one. And then you're diverging your attention, efforts, and you know, everything. everything else to yeah. two things. And sometimes it distracts you from the main thing so much that it just doesn't really make sense. So, uh, and with the token, you can't avoid bringing in all those dungeons who are about money. So like the vibe kind of changes as well somehow, no matter how you try to keep it Oh, yeah. So, we're going to yeah. get father we're gonna get negative vibes we're gonna get wind moon and all this kind of stuff that i really do not wish to be experiencing by, by releasing the token you will have that automatic responsibility yeah. to ensure that we all get lambos and i i think it's a big pressure for that you know? i just want to have a lambo <laughs> but not from tokens i just want to have it because i deserve it <laughs> you yeah. deserve a lambo <laughs> okay thank you We're so kidding. much Thank you so much for coming. I really enjoyed the conversation. And I think like even people who know you and who know the story of NFT UK, I, I, you know, I appreciate you being open and honest and, and telling the story in more details. I'm sure like everyone will will uh, discover new things uh, from this. Uh, so, so yeah, I really appreciate yeah. you coming over. Thank you so much. And it's very nice to tell the story every now and then. Um, and it reminds it to myself as well, because I don't think about it very often. I just go <laughs> and I do things. No, it's a uh, it's very inspiring story. I think like, you know, the, the biggest takeaway is, you know, whoever is in this space and and feels something that they would like to change or, you know, doesn't have the courage to initiate any any of that, just go ahead and do it and you'll yeah. figure it out later on. You don't have to have like the full plan in place. You don't have to have figured everything out. If you feel the need of it and if you have the desire, just go for it. And, and then things will align eventually. And, and also to add to that, stick to your heart, stick to your initial original idea and why you started it. And because a lot of other things can influence you, could be money, could be fame, but yeah. remember why you started it and and start and be grounded because that's what I had to learn to be with NFTUK, be grounded and protective of what yeah. you're building. I think that's that's yeah. very important as well. Thank you so much, Mila. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you. much. That's all that I've got for you today. If you want more of my content, please check out my newsletter at anealexander.com backwards slash subscribe. And I'll see you in the next episode.